guidance is complete when you join up with those that are guided. Person that is trying it himself and he's speculating, is guessing and he may just consider it. He goes off either by making the feelings and the spiritual experience. He makes that the criteria or whatever he picks up here and there and he will make that the criteria. What is required is Sirat al-Mustaqim, the straight path. And the straight path can only be acquired and enjoyed if you are in the company of the Deen and Amta'ala. Otherwise, generally, it's quite difficult to be on the straight path. This is what we begged Allah Ta'ala for, Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqeem. The next question that will come to the mind will be, who are these favorite class? These favorite class that Quran Shaykh is speaking about, and who are these favorite class? In various surahs, Allah Ta'ala speaks about this favorite class. Sometimes he speaks about them as Ibadur Rahman, and sometimes he speaks about them, that the believers have already won this whole life was a probation was a race to the hereafter that we see ourselves right in the hereafter that was all the race about it we can't afford to go off the course we have to be on the course so that we can reach to the right goal in order to reach then we need to have the right persons to guide us to the right persons obviously it's speculation it's guesswork conjecture and whether you reach or you don't reach that's already a doubt so in one verse Allah says then the word that has been used here, what does it refer to? Falah means the person gets everything that he desires for and he is guarded against everything that he is apprehensive. So you desire something and you're apprehensive of something and then person who gets both is protected against every apprehension and he gains every desire. And that's the person who is really fortunate, that's the person that's more. So then when you look at this world, the design of this world, then not every person gets everything that he desires. And similarly, not every person is guarded and protected, gets every apprehension. Some things he may get, and something he may get himself landed. So then, what is the meaning of this verse? That Qadaf al-Munun, the believer has already won. But the ulama explained that one is hereafter, in the hereafter, and he'll be saved against every apprehension, everything that he's afraid about. But then in this world as well, to a certain extent, you will get the same thing. You will get the things of your desire, and you will also be saved against things that you apprehensive. So to the normal person, some things may seem to be difficult, but then the person that is committed, these things that seem to be difficult become easy, become enjoyable. You can't do without it. It seemed like it was difficult, but when you went into it, then it became so enjoyable that you can't do without it. Like, this is a Juma, by the grace of Allah, we've been blessed. So, to be in the masjid, we guess we take it as our fortune, right? We take it as our fortune. Allah released us from our works of occupations and commitments and brought us to, to the namaz, right? And missing out the Juma is so much, so such a terrible thing. I, I missed my Juma namaz. But otherwise, it looked like you broke away from your work, you broke away from many other things to come to namaz for a difficult thing. But the one that is already used to the Juma Salah, then he finds it to be a great, great blessing that he's been here, a great fortune. And he doesn't want to bargain for anything against the Juma Salah. So that which seemed to be difficult now becomes a blessing. It becomes a thing that you want to you aspire for, you are looking forward to. So similar will be the case of every other good work. <coughs> At the beginning it seems, then until you get into it, when you get into it, then it sounds like a blessing. Like most Muslims, <coughs> before marriage, then they're a little bit apprehensive, etc. But when they married already, and provided they are committed to the marriage, then they become like inseparable. They can't separate their wives. If the wife is gone for two hours or confinement, then they can't sleep. Just now, you were separated, you were not together. 
she was a stranger to you but now that you are together then you become like inseparable body so Allah grants it to you that that which was difficult now becomes a pleasure it becomes a blessing it becomes a, a bounty so that's the meaning of the things that seem to be difficult now seem to be enjoyable and you can't do without some years ago we had a Turkish Jamaat so I can still remember at the meal time they couldn't take one speck of spice it was too hot for them. one small marcha chili the whole face would become red and they'll perspire whereas we are such okay, one morsel can't be taken without chilies one, now for him it's such a difficult thing and for the next person it becomes such a pleasure he can't take one morsel without it so Allah turns the whole thing around that which seemed to be difficult now you can't do without it so that is when a person is committed and Allah gives him the type of pleasure and enjoyment in the good that he is doing so then Allah counts the, he describes his people who are they? Ibadur Rahman who, are this, who is this favorite class? because it's everybody's desire his aspiration that after that I must be favored I mustn't be losing out I don't want to be losing out I don't want to be unfortunate I must be fortunate on the hereafter this world will pass sometimes more sometimes less but in that realm which is irreversible I must never be a loser there there I must always be gaining so then how do you get about being fortunate there being successful being being a winner how do you become a winner so in Surah Yasin Allah shows the type of person that you need to be following. In one half a sentence, Allah showed you that this is the description. That a person that you want to follow, he mustn't have any type of a commercial agenda. No material commercial agenda. It must be absolutely for the sake of Allah. No other reason. No material. And then you'll find this, uh, this thing. They are working tirelessly, working, working all the time. And they kuntukum alihim in ajr. For this mission of ours, we don't ask you for it. We just are looking for your own goodness. Why are we doing this? It's a command of Allah And what we wish, we desire for your good. So there's no material, no commercial value at all. So that's going to be one thing that's going to be very prominent in this selected class. This class that has been favored. They aren't there for any type of commercial value, any popularity, any name. Nothing. You don't worry whether... Uh, they become popular, come over the radios, etc. That's not the agenda. The agenda is, it's a commission, it's a, it's a mission of Allah Ta'ala and I need to accomplish. The second criteria that the Quran Shaykh has used, they are also on the right. So they don't have a commercial agenda. Number two is they are also on the right. So to be on the right, you need to know what is right. Man comes to the masjid, he knows he must do namaz, but he's performing namaz in the opposite direction. What will he say? Namaz is done or not done? Namaz is not done. So to get the namaz right, you need to know, you need to have the knowledge that the namaz be right. And if you don't have that knowledge, you may be exerting yourself, you may be tiring yourself, but not getting anywhere. Came and did your namaz, but without wuzu. So you did the namaz, you not say that you didn't do the namaz, but without wuzu. I ask you, is that namaz got any value? No value. So for that act of ibadah, for it to be right, you need to have the necessary knowledge. If you don't have the necessary knowledge, then you can't be on the right. So these are the two criterions that the Quran says. You must have no commercial agenda. Number two is this, that he must be also, he must be on the right. So the right, some of the righteous things are things that are visible, you can see. The person is performing namaz in the wrong direction. This is something that you can see. There are some things that connect to righteousness, but it's not visible to the naked eye. Now that refers to sincerity, for example. 
I can't see what's in your heart, nor can you see what's in my heart. So these things have to also be corrected. I can't be speaking here when I don't have ikhlas. If I've already ikhlas speaking here, then that's right. But together with that, I need to have also a level of taqwa, and taqwa also comes and emanates from the heart. Like now, it's a Bakrid season, and people are buying the animals, etc. And then, when they lose this element of ikhlas, then many people feel they must buy the animal and must show the photo up and make it viral, publicize the whole thing. So, who are you doing it for? Are you doing it that people praise you, they acknowledge the type of animal that you are purchasing? Are you doing it for that? Or what's the need to publicize? And if you're doing it for worldly reasons and gain, then say that I'm doing it for publicity. I'm not doing it for Allah Ta'ala. I'm doing it for publicity, but now standing in the lurch in between, you make it as though you're doing it for Allah Ta'ala, but very discreetly the intention is corrupt that I want to do it so that I get some type of a recognition and publicity, then obviously you're off. So that muhtadun refers to the person that is right. So he must have no commercial value. And number two is that he must be right. He must be right whether in his practices and behavior, whether in his mind or heart, he must be right. Now this type of person, that's the criteria of the Quran Sharif that you need to use when you are holding on to someone. description of these people, Ibadur Rahman, Alladheena Yamshuna Al-Ardi Hawna. Who are these fortunate class? Who are they? So they are those that walk with humility. So what's the thing that makes them so humble? They don't think anything of themselves. Not they don't think much of themselves, but they don't think anything of themselves. So what's the thing? What's the motivating factor? that makes them feel the, the very basis of humility. So there must be something that will bring you to the level of humility. So the next verse says it, يَبِيتُونَ لِرَبِّهِمْ سُجَّدَ وَقِيَامًا رَبَّنَا سْرِفْ عَنَّا عَذَابَ جَهَنَّمْ So with all the services, all the qurbani, the struggle, the striving for deen, but they don't think anything of themselves. They did so much of work, but they don't attribute the goodness to themselves. No achievement of, of ours. It is min fadli rabbi, it's all the grace of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala allowed us to do this. Why do they say that? Because nobody can guarantee the future. Anybody that's here, can he say that I can guarantee my future? Your righteousness, can you, can you guarantee? Your wealth, can you guarantee? Your behavior and character, can you, can you guarantee? Your children and offspring, can you guarantee? There's nothing that you can guarantee. Then how can you show an attitude? How can you be boastful? Can you only boastful if you can guarantee something? If you can't guarantee it, then what are you proud about? You're proud about your strength and might. In a few years, all that, everything fades away. It's gone. Your status is gone. Your strength is gone. Your mind thinks that you bloat. So is there anything in this world that can, you can bloat and you can gloat about? It's absolutely nothing. The only thing you can hold on to is the grace of Allah Ta'ala. Hold on to Allah Ta'ala. That means that you serve Him with all your heart. You hope in Him. You expect of Him. You trust Him. You are looking for His pleasure. That's, that's the whole theme of the life. That Allah Pak must be happy with me. In any given circumstances, but Allah Pak must be happy. Like how it's a new married couple, and both have it in them. They are nice, good practicing Muslims. The spouse must be happy. What should I do? Let the spouse be happy. So now their understanding of Allah is such, that they know his greatness, they know his grandeur, they know his majesty, etc. But any given time, that's the, that's the cornerstone in the life. That's the motivating and driving factor. That whatever I'm doing, small or big, discreet or open, public or secret, Allah must be happy with us. 
I lost the whole case. I lost the whole thing. Everything is lost. So this is the motivating factor to make them humble that we can't guarantee anything of our own. Anything material we can't guarantee. Therefore, they're making this dua. Rabbana srif anna azaba jannah forgive us and avert the punishment of jahannam for forgive us so they don't think much about themselves and therefore they're asking for forgiveness and protection and immunity against jahannam and as the person thought much of himself and he thought great about himself he won't have made this dua Allah turn me away from jahannam because you know I, I did so much I deserve it I need to be there so with all the work that he's done yet he doesn't think anything of himself therefore he says so one is the relationship with Allah Ta'ala, and the relationship with Allah Ta'ala, they don't think anything of themselves. Then what's the relationship to interact, socialize? It's going to be a domestic life, it's going to be a public life, it's going to be a business life, it's going to be a social life. So in all that, what's the motivating factor there? So Allah says it so well. When the ignorance speak to them, you see now the man is not reasoning, he doesn't want to understand. He's becoming aggressive, he's becoming impolite. So, so what's the attitude? So one is the jahil, the person that doesn't have the knowledge. He doesn't have knowledge, therefore he's behaving in an unduly way. But one is the person who's got the knowledge, he's learned, but yet he's behaving like a jahil, he's behaving like an ignorant person. So there's two people that will fit this description. One is the person that doesn't have the understanding, and one is the person that has the understanding, but yet he prefers to be like an ignorant person. He's behaving off, though he knows about it. But at that moment, he can't control himself, he can't control his temper, he can't control his sensual pleasure, he can't control these things, he can't control his tongue. So now, when you come in contact with this type of... So the Quran says, rules it so well, call you salama. So the word salam can have two root meanings. One salam is to make salam, assalamu alaikum. And that's from taslim. The other word salam comes from the word tasallum. Tasallum means to avoid. So you know, outside the masjid, I'm going to get into an argument, a discussion, a debate. Now, how must I avoid this? But with respect, is marru marru kirama. I need to avoid it, but with dignity. So, but the akhirat before him, that he won't get involved in all these things, whether in the social media, whether outside the masjid, whether at a social get-together. He's not going to get involved in controversial matters, etc. Because his primary concern is the hereafter. So I can't, get, I can't get myself lost in all these type of debates and discussions that don't concern me. It doesn't concern my deen, my dunya, my akhirat, my qabr. It doesn't concern me. So how can I get myself stuck into this? And if it is that someone is prodding you, is probing you, then too you will have an, a, an attitude of avoiding, avoiding and moving on, move on. So you don't want to listen to such things, you don't want to just moving it up, moving it up. But the person that gets caught into these things here, social media, or discussions, debates, etc. And you know it's not going to be a fruitful thing in his way, because he wants to, that person wants to have the last word, he wants to score points. Now scoring points and having the last word, I say, what do you get? Do you get your akhirat done? Do you get your dunya done? You don't lose, you don't gain here, you don't gain hereafter. So how they manage themselves, how they conduct themselves. Many times, things, futilities, right? vanities, futilities, and we get ourselves involved in. As Ibn Abbas says under the verse, and the verse, the, the verse before this says, they don't even attend, they don't even go to these type of pairs of kuffar or their sporting events, they don't get into it. What do we get about it? Whether it's the sporting festivals, it is there. 
festivals is their celebrations. We got nothing to do with it. We can't say that Rasul Abbasim left us as Yatims and orphans. He left us, he left us with a complete, perfect code. So we can't get ourselves involved in all these things here. Waste good hours of our time, good hours are gone, and we're getting nothing out of that. So that is a person only who can't reason properly or he doesn't understand the value of the hereafter. So this is briefly some of the description of this favorite class, this chosen class. Allah include us also amongst them. الحمد لله الحمد لله القائل والذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات أولئك أصحاب الجنة هم فيها خالدون فنحمده حمدا كثيرا كلما يحمده الحامدون ونشكره شكرا جميلا كلما يشكره الشاكرون ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك لا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا أيها الناس أوصيكم نفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدنيا سجن المؤمن وجنة الكافر أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قول هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ورسائر المستغفرين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوه من سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مذل له ومن يغرله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يتيع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا فيقول الله عز وجل إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواده وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمة أبو بكر وأشد في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياة أثمان وقضاهم عليه وفاطمة السيدة نساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسول عباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطلة لا تغادر ذنبا بذوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابه 
لا تتخذوا مرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قاني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وكنا عذاب النار اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون قال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين أرحم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغوب عليهم ولا الظالمين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حام عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من وريع رحمة الله يسم ولا يغني من جوع هجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأقواب موضوعة ونمارك مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمله الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغوب عليهم ولا الظالمين أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبل كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر 
لست عليهم بمصيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمنا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله حلّا بك رب العزة وسلام على رسوله